Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I've gone from being in complete overwhelm, burning the candle at both ends, and watching my health, relationships, and business suffer, to creating a life with more joy, ease, and abundance. If you're ready to let go of the overwhelm, reclaim your health, and push past your comfort zone so that you can unleash your next level of success to create a greater impact, then sit back as we delve into conversations as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friend. Welcome to another episode. We've had so many fabulous interviews recently, but this one's a solo one and I really love these ones too. I love just coming to you with my thoughts, my insights, um, experiences that I hope in sharing with you that it can help you or help someone that you care about. Today I'm talking about the five insights that I've had in terms of strength, vitality, energy in our 40s and beyond. Because here's the thing, it's definitely changed. And when I think of a really... I don't know how long you've followed my journey, but I really only came into strength training, I would say in my early 30s. I think I was 33, 34 when I changed careers and became a personal trainer. And back in those days, it was amazing. I feel like I would look at a weight and put on muscle. <laughs> and because my mom at 83, I talk about her all the time, still has biceps. I was like, yeah, that's going to be my future too. And then I realized, huh. As I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, okay, yes, there is probably a genetic component, but she does work her butt off even to this day. Like she's not in a gym, but she's always lifting heavy things. She's always moving. She's all over the place. So yeah, I think I've started to change my thoughts around that. <laughs> well, definitely my experience has done that. So in my 30s, like I said, I would look at a weight and the muscle would come on. It was just so easy. And back then too, when it came to nutrition, to be honest, I mean, the conversation has changed a lot, which is wonderful. But back in those days, it was about elimination diets and what can you eliminate? And I think that was the start of a really amazing era. And I know people associate eliminating with like negativity and restriction and all the things, but really it was elimination diets were a good experience for me. It really, um, because I don't have an addictive personality, I don't have any history of eating disorders or anything like that. They were a pretty safe thing for me to do. And by elimination diets, I mean, I remember the first elimination diet I did when I was working at Dax Moyes in central London was giving up. It was like, you had to give up wheat, alcohol, sugar, and dairy. <laughs> it was a lot. And for someone that was new to that whole world, I was like, oh, why? Like, this is intense. And I had been, um, even towards the end, I was finishing up my last marathon when, when I became a personal trainer. I was on my third one. And it kind of overlapped from the time I was hired to the marathon. It was on, in October. And I think I started personal training in that September so I was like totally on carbs all the time because as a marathon runner in those days, it was like carb, carb load, carb load. And so that whole idea was like crazy to me. I mean, to be honest, even the idea of strength training was crazy to me because I'd been such an endurance athlete and um, I had gone into personal training because I wanted to be in the world of health and I knew that that was my calling, but I didn't want to go, um, I just didn't want to get another full degree. I'd already 
did a five degree, five year degree in the past to get my teaching certification and all the things. And so I knew I was going to go down that route. And so it, this just kind of fell into my lap. So that was interesting. And like I said, I feel like those elimination diets were the start, the start of trainers and health coaches experimenting with a different way, like how can we start to really feel good? And I felt great on those elimination diets. Um, and I feel like I ate a quite a well-balanced diet. I became paleo. I became really obsessed with paleo. I wouldn't say in a horrible way because I, if I went on vacation, I would still eat like a croissant if I was in France or <laughs> if I was in Portugal, I would eat the bread. Like, so I wasn't, it didn't rule my life in that sense, but my day-to-day life, I was I was paleo. Like I would say I was like 99% of the time and I enjoyed that diet. It worked for me for a really long time. Um, but you know, as you age and I remember (laughs) saying to a friend of mine and even thinking this, I remember women talking about their hormones and perimenopause and how things change. And I was like, huh, that won't happen to me. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I was so naive. Um, I really didn't think it would happen to me. (laughs) I don't think that women in their thirties think that anymore just because of social media. Like when I became a trainer, Facebook was starting. YouTube was starting. I was on YouTube and I was getting so many views and making money from YouTube because it was easy. There just wasn't a lot of people doing it. It was new back in the day. And so yeah, I think that now women have access to so much more information. <laughs> so it's it's harder to be so naive, but I guess there was kind of a nice innocence to that as well. So I thoroughly enjoyed my 30s that felt super <laughs> easy to be healthy and fit and strong and all the things. And then I hit my 40s and I was like, oh, okay, um, things might be changing a little bit. And now that I'm in my late 40s, they're definitely changing. I have to say the one thing I really enjoy is that the conversation just actually pretty recently, like I would say definitely within the last year, if not even the last six months, there is an amazing conversation about biohacking for women specifically. And by biohacking, I just mean it's biohacking is really in the health space, this idea of um, doing things that will help you excel at your health, like maybe taking certain supplements or doing certain protocols like fasting or like, um, cold plunging, which I've gotten recently gotten into recently and all the things. However, a lot of that information online has always been, and for the most part still continues to be geared towards men and women. We are just physically so different. And so it's not that those protocols are not good for us. It's that doing them to the extreme ends that are effective for men can be very detrimental to us, especially depending where we are in our menopausal journey, depending where we are in our cycle during the month from even from day to day, according, like depending on our hormones and our adrenals and our fatigue levels and all the things. And so what's happening now is there's really great, um, doctors out there that are in this health space that are like looking at these protocols and going, yeah, actually, you know, fasting is good for women. However, this is when you should do it according to your, this part of your cycle and never this extreme and all the things. And so a couple of them are like Gabrielle Lyons, one that I love um, following. She's very like 
all about muscle centric and, and getting all your protein in and all the things. And then there's Stacy Sims is another favorite one of mine. I really obsess over her recently because of her protocols for training. Um, as you go into your forties and in particular perimenopause and menopause. And so it does change, which is so fascinating. And, um, I'm looking forward to really also kind of experimenting with myself as I get into these different phases of, of like hormones and going into perimenopause and you know, perimenopause really is something that happens over several years. It can be like over seven to 10 years that you're experiencing perimenopause. So it's like, you know, embrace it, embrace the change because it's here for a while and it's not a bad thing and denying it doesn't help. It's not going to stop it, but there is so much we can do to like relieve the symptoms and really just have such a much better, um, time of it and not experience it as such a horrible thing. Now this isn't going to be about perimenopause and menopause. I will get into that, um, likely in some podcast in the future, I'd love to have a guest on about those topics specific, but what I am going to share with you will without a doubt help. Um, when they talk about taking bioidentical hormones or HRT or all the things or not, right? Because not taking, it's also a choice and, and all three of those choices, not one is better than the other. It's really all about you. But no matter what route you decide to go down when you're in that phase of life is that what I'm going to share with you today will help. And the message is clear that just taking some sort of a hormones doesn't get rid of all, all of the symptoms and all of the, you know, like all the changes that you're experiencing, that they still need to be supported by lifestyle changes if you want to have an easier time of it. Again, I always use the example of like, you can eat fast food seven days a week and then have an apple. Like you've got to help that apple out, right? Like you can't just do that. Um, so either whatever route people choose, the what I'm going to share with you will help. Um, so even if you're not in that phase of life, these things will help you. So here's some insights that I've had that are super important that I've been focusing on and will be focusing on, um, very like intently. So the first one is ladies, we need to strength train period. And I say we need to strength train a minimum of two times a week, three times a week is optimal. Again, if you're a perfectionist, if there's a week where you don't get the three, it's okay to do the two. And you know, throughout the year, if there's a week you get the one in, that's amazing. Okay. So we're just talking about what the protocol is, but I, I don't want anyone to be like, I've got to be a perfectionist at this. That doesn't help, but you do want to be lifting as often as you can, um, as consistently as you can two to three times a week so that you can get results. But what do I mean by results? Okay. Of course, I mean the whole yeah, get strong because it's really important for our bone health and uh, you're going to look good and all the things. But really, there's so much that comes with strength training. There's there's a confidence. And I've spoken about this to women. I speak about this to women often because I've just seen it time and time again. And I have to say that it always feels magical and that has never ever gone away for me. Like that experience. I think it's a big part of why I just love coaching women because if you take someone that hasn't strength trained or has been away from it for a while and they come in and you know, 
you know that confidence that's going to come. You don't get that from running. Like, yes, from running, you get that good feeling, that sense of accomplishment. And I know I was a runner. I loved it. Like I, I know I always joke about not loving running, but you know, you don't do three marathons without loving it a bit. (laughs) But when I switched to the strength training, I, it's a different, you carry yourself so much differently. Like your, your posture, your energy just exudes. Like there's a difference. Um, and so I love that about strength training and that's something that you don't often hear, but it's powerful and it's hard to describe, um, until you're actually doing it. You also look good. Like, look, if you want to change your body shape, it's got to be through strength training. No aerobic, like, yes, you might lose some of the body fat and change a little bit, but strength training is really where the definition comes. And you know what? We are never going to put on muscle like the men. Women still worry about that, but it's just one, it's not possible. It wasn't possible in my thirties. It's definitely not going to be possible now that my hormones are (laughs) plummeting, right? Like as we get older, it gets harder and harder to put it on. And so that's another thing. The best time to start is now because the longer you wait, the harder it is to put on, but never impossible. If you don't follow train with Joan, I recommend following her. She started training. I want to say that she was already in her seventies. She looks flipping phenomenal. So it is possible. And actually Gabriella Lyon was talking about how it's um, been scientifically proven because they always talk about losing muscle mass as you age. And that's true, but that yes, you can actually still put on muscle mass even in your seventies. And I saw it in my mom when she fell and broke her ankle, she lost so much muscle. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like she's sorry. I think she was already 80 when she fell. And for weeks she sat in a chair, which was not like her and wasn't easy for anyone around her. But I remember looking over and going, oh my gosh, my mom looks elderly. Like she just looked so frail all of a sudden, like easy come, easy go. But here's the thing. I thought she'd never put that muscle back on. She's put it on back and like maybe even better because I think she's so adamant of not losing it. Um, so it, it is possible. So it's never too late, but don't put it off because the more, the sooner you do it, the better it is and the easier it is to maintain and to, um, continue to build that as you, as you age. If you are nervous about strength training, like if you've never done it, there's so much you can do. I mean, come on to my Simply Strong program. We start again in February. I'm so excited. If you want details, just go, just follow me on Instagram because I'll be announcing everything there. I'm sure I'll announce it on the podcast too at some point, but Instagram's where you can find out information from me, like on the day kind of thing. Um, but you could do that because I take you through strength training at home for six weeks. And then I'm going to, going to also have a simply stronger, which will take you through another six weeks. So you'll get a solid 12 weeks with me. You need one kettlebell at home. You can literally find kettlebells anywhere. Now you can find them at Walmart. You can find them at the grocery store. Like kettlebells are the easiest thing to get now. So you just need one. Now, do I think that that's like all you need forever? No, I actually think women, like at some point you want to get yourself into the gym and lifting heavy, but you also don't want to start there. Like when you get started, body weight is amazing. It's hard. It's heavy. Like it's all about stressing the muscle and really like putting in that effort. And when you're starting the body weight is that effort. It's, it's not easy. So then you bring into a kettlebell, bring a kettlebell in. That's like your next phase. Like that's then feels really hard, but you know, after 12 weeks of training or 
you know, maybe even not that fast, maybe six months down the road or even next year, then you want to start looking at a gym membership. The cool thing is by then you've built this solid base. You've gotten results already because you do get results. And they even say like at the beginning, when you start strength training, you actually see the best results because there's just, um, you're getting neurologically stronger as well. Your things are waking up and it's like, it's amazing. And so don't feel like you have to get into the gym right away, but just keep that seat there. Like you may want to, I personally don't love being in the gym all year round. I get bored. I need to change things up, but I do get in the gym from October to about April, May. And then in the summer I do other things, but I love that time. It's like my strength time. And then because I take that break over the summer, then come the fall, I'm like ready to go again. So start somewhere, but just make sure that you get started. Super important. I actually have a little story. There was a friend of mine, I was selling this chair to um, a friend of a friend's and they came over and this lady was in her seventies, like just, I think she just turned 70 and she actually didn't buy it because she couldn't get out of the chair. I mean, it was not, not like a crazy sunken chair, but it was a little bit lower. It was like an Ikea chair and they couldn't get up. And my mom at 83 would get spring out of that. Like it's no big deal. So that's because of a lack of strength. And when you start to look at quality of life, like strength is everything. So what kind of, like, I, I want to be my mom at 83 instead of 70 and frail. And so that's, we start to see those differences in people. And so, yeah, do the chair test. (laughs) There is actually a test that you should do. They say they should you should do it regularly, which is sitting down on the floor and then getting up without putting your hands down. And that's a really good test too, to keep doing it for strength. But anyways, okay. That is strength. That was the number one thing that I've learned is that ladies need to be strength training. I will say this forever and ever. Every woman, regardless of what age you are, needs to be strength training. Okay. The next one is we need to eat more protein. (laughs) Like, look, protein is the building blocks for muscle. We cannot put muscle on without the protein. And I see women under eating protein all the time. Like I would say the women that I've worked with, I don't think I've ever worked with anyone that's come in and been eating adequate protein. Um, when I tell people how much protein to eat, they're always like, Oh, that's so excessive. (laughs) Like, and they, they're like, oh, we're doing a high protein diet. No, you're not doing a high protein diet. This is what we should have been eating all along. It's not a lot. Like I, oh my goodness. If you just eat how much, let, let me think about it now, like four ounces of chicken. I want to guess four ounces of chicken is already like 25 grams of protein. Like it doesn't take a lot. And who eats four ounces? I sure don't. Like I usually eat five or six ounces at least. And so The idea is that you eat 0.8 to one gram of protein per, now people have all sorts of calculations. So you can do it per uh, pound of body weight that you are now, or you could do it per uh, pound of body weight that you'd like to be. I say if you're new to kind of upping that protein, get to a hundred grams a day. That's an amazing solid part to place to start. Get there first. And then from there, you can start getting into calculations and tweaking a little bit, but already going from probably what's like 40, 50 grams to a hundred grams is going to be a really solid place. And you'll start to really feel great from it. 
The cool thing about protein is that here's the thing. It makes you feel full, like it's really satiating. So without saying to yourself, oh, I'm going to not eat this and not eat that and start the whole deprivation thing, start on what you want to bring in and you will naturally not have those cravings for so many other things. Like it takes time. It's not like all of a sudden you're not going to want whatever kind of treat that you're used to having, but it will make a difference. So that's what I love about protein is you just, you feel full on it and you feel strong from the inside. Like, I don't know. I don't feel the same when I eat a croissant. When I eat a croissant, I feel like all warm and gushy and and squishy inside. (laughs) That's not a bad thing. (laughs) Like when I'm on holiday, give me that croissant. (laughs) Like nothing is like bad. It's like, what do you do most of the time? Like I'm telling you, I don't want to feel all squishy every single day. Like when I'm on holiday (laughs) or whatever, that warm, fuzzy feeling is fabulous. But to get through my days, like I want to feel solid. I want to feel strong. I want to feel like I'm nourishing the cells in my body. And that's what protein does. So most of my protein comes from grass-fed beef because I've got a really great local farmer that I go to. Uh, Bison, oh, Costco started doing organic bison. So good. Um, I do chicken, of course, and then I like lamb, but those are kind of like the main things. I do a lot of eggs. I do a whey protein isolate. Um, Actually, I'll put the whey protein. People always ask me. I'll put it in the show notes, the one that I use. It's from Canadian Protein, Um, but I don't do stevias and I don't do all like the fancy stuff, but Anyways, I digress because that that could be a whole other topic, but there's lots of places to get your protein. Oh, Siggy's yogurt right now is like my favorite thing. I get zero fat um, protein. It's 17 grams of protein and three quarters of a cup. Like that's an amazing snack to have and you get 17 grams of protein in. Um, I do the zero fat because depending on my macros. So I don't eliminate fat. I love fat. So this isn't promoting low fat, but sometimes you just want the protein without the fat. So it just depends, especially if it's going to be a snack that I'm having after training. You don't want to have high fat after you've been working out. You want to have protein and carbohydrates and very little fat. So that's where that protein comes in. Cottage cheese is another one that's really high in protein. Like we've got so many amazing, so many amazing options. So that's, that's where I've really come with protein. I think that's been a big shift from my days in my thirties when it was like about elimination diets. I ate protein back then, but I wouldn't say that I never was conscious about how much that's for sure. Like I just wasn't. So now I do like now protein is a big thing. And here's the thing when I'm tracking, um, I don't track my macros all the time. Like I'll track for a month, six weeks, maybe a couple of months. And then I'll take a few months off of tracking because you get so much better at tracking. Like as you do it more often, I can look at a plate and know more or less what my macros are. And that's, here's, here's a little side note, Shalene Johnson. I don't know if she, you know, she is, she's this big fitness, like, um, inspirational person. And I don't like to knock people down. She's done like incredible work for women. And she's, I think she's probably in her fifties. But she was talking, she just said something that kind of irked me and I want to share it because she was talking all about, oh, I don't track. Um, I don't track. I just eat intuitively and I focus on protein and veggies. And I was like, yeah, you eat intuitively because you have tracked for years. (laughs) Like she knows her food. She understands the value of food and what it represents. So she knows when she looks at her plate, more or less like what kind of macronutrients she's getting in. So be careful when people are like, oh, just eat intuitively. 
most people I've seen that are talking about intuitive eating have already been tracking and they're just good at it. Like they don't need to be weighing things all the time. So anyways, I digress on, on that one. So if, so another phase of tracking that I do is if I don't, if I'm not in a phase of being like super, um, piggy with my tracking, then I'll just track protein for a few weeks and just make sure because we all kind of slip into, um, busy days or stages, or we just get kind of complacent. And so every once in a while, it's like, good just to check like, Oh, am I still hitting that protein goal? Or am I kind of cutting corners or am I eating even maybe too much? Right. So I like to bring it back every once in a while and just be like, Oh, or, or actually I'm doing okay. So protein. Okay. So we've got strength training. We've got protein. Number three is sleep. Sleep is literally everything. Can I say that again? (laughs) Sleep is literally everything. You cannot put muscle on. You cannot detox. You cannot sleep. You can, you cannot, sorry, you cannot heal. You cannot lower stress. You cannot balance hormones. You cannot do any of these things if you are not sleeping. And I know this because I have literally just cracked the sleep code for myself personally in the last few weeks. I've shared before that I was so in such a bad habit of scrolling on my phone before bed um, for a few years since my divorce. And I could not break that habit. And it was brutal because you think you sleep, but you don't, that light is terrible for your deep sleep. And, um, and I just kind of turned a corner one day. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is like my, it, when I get into, I say when I get into menopause, cause that's weird. They always say menopause is one day, but as I get into perimenopause, like when I get into more into it and have symptoms and things like the sleep is number one for really feeling those symptoms in, in a bad way. So also helping to ease them. You want to sleep well. So I want to get in the best sleep I can. So I just stopped. I don't know why all of a sudden it just clicked. So the phone is not in my room anymore. I don't scroll before bed. I just, I have been feeling so much better. A couple other things. If you struggle with your sleep, um, I take magnesium every single night. I just take, um, I do the magnesium calm. I don't really like capsules. I do take capsules. Like I take some capsules of my juice plus fruits and veggies and my liver capsules. But other than that, I don't do any other capsules. Everything else I get in powder. And I say everything else. I don't have a huge supplement routine. Most of my supplements are food. Like I said, fruit, um, juice plus is the fruit, veggies, and berries. Then I do the liver. Um, and then I've got the magnesium. So the magnesium does help with deep sleep. And, um, I've started mouth taping. Ooh, that's a conversation that I can have like another time, but mouth taping is, it's, it's really to encourage breathing through your nose. And they say again, that, um, you get a much deeper, better sleep. Um, and it's good for all sorts of amazing reasons. So since I've been doing that, I do feel like my sleep is, I wake up more rested since I've incorporated all those habits. Okay. So on top of that with sleep, on top of like the hormones and all the things and, and keeping symptoms at bay, here's the thing you look better when you sleep better. Like you're just, your face isn't as puffy and inflamed when you wake up. You are a nicer person. (laughs) Generally we're nicer people when we sleep well. So there's so many reasons to sleep well. And so focus on that too. Um, life just feels happier when you're well rested. So that's number three. 
Number four and five are more on, I'd say like an emotional side. So number four is do these things even when they don't feel like they are working. So strength train, even when you don't feel like it's working, focus on your sleep, even when you don't feel like, like it, it's having any impact on your health. Focus on these things on your protein. Even if you're like, I haven't lost a pound or my body feels awful. Like here's, here's what I want to share is, and I think enough trainers don't do this. We don't do this enough on social media because again, I guess it's not very inspiring, but I want to tell you the truth. I struggle too with my body. Like I, especially as I'm aging, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm putting on a little more weight around that midsection, no matter what I do. Now I am excited because I do feel like I've cracked this code, which is good. I think my sleep was a huge, huge part of that. Um, however, even so, like when our cycle is coming on, we put on, like I knew my cycle was coming because I literally put on four pounds on the scale the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, how did I put on four pounds? And then two days later I get my, get my cycle. And I'm like, oh yes, I know. Why do I forget that every single month? That That's exactly what happens. No wonder I was feeling puffy and tired and a little grumpy. Right. And then it comes and you're like, oh, what a relief. <laughs> the scale went back down. So I have days that I feel that, like I don't feel great in my body. I have days where I struggle with the changes too. And some days I look in the mirror and I go, oh, I don't get it. I'm working so hard and like, I don't see the changes. And then like the very next day I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, hello abs. Like, oh, I feel amazing. Like, oh, this, all, all this work is paying off. Like literally from one day to the next and so that's why this roller coaster of this experience of being female, it just is what it is. So start to do those other things for different reasons, not just for the weight loss or for the aesthetic. Start doing it because it just feels so darn good because you want to live a full life because you want vitality and energy. And it doesn't mean that we have vitality and energy every single day, but it means that we have it so many more days than if we didn't do these things to take care of ourselves. And so I just wanted to share that. And again, um, I'm not obsessive like with weight and I don't like my ladies to focus on weight, but we all just have that place where we just feel our best and that's different for, ed- for everyone. So yeah, just know that it's, it's okay. Um, the next thing is the last thing is number five, don't do it alone. Like really don't do it alone. I think the one thing that I'm really have caught on to in the last few years is that women really were made for community. Like we're built for community. We're built for connection. And I remember actually when I was doing my physical education courses at, in college. So this is years ago, long before I ever thought I'd be anything other than a teacher. Um, I remember doing a course on what was it? It was like child psychology of sport or something like that. And I re- the one thing that really stuck with me was that growing up, boys will do a sport because they love the sport. Like they'll just do it. Like they'll, they'll join the team. They'll do the thing. They'll pick up the bike. They'll do whatever. Girls don't. Girls always need, and of course, maybe not every single girl, but generally, because it, it's backed by science, <laughs> um, 
girls will always need that one friend, that one person to go and do it with them. And I still see this in adulthood. I had a really good friend and I love that she asked me this, asked me if I would go with her to register for the gym so that she could get started because she was too nervous to go up and join on her own, at least for that first time, those first few times. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll do that for you because I know this is just a female thing. And then we feel so like, sometimes we feel down on ourselves like, oh, it's, you know, I'm low confidence or I'm low this and this is why I can't do it. No, it's just, it's the way we're programmed. So ask for help. If you have that friend that goes to the gym, ask them. Like I was so honored that she asked me and I would do it for anyone. And, um, So whatever it is, if you're thinking of joining something, see if you can find a friend. And you know what? If you can't, join something online to start. Heck, join Simply Strong. Join me. (laughs) I'll be there. Plus, now I run my program with, with women from all over the world because even an online connection, I'm not saying that you just want online connections, but sometimes you just need to get started. And so I just wanted to share that because it is such such a huge thing. I train with my buddy, Kathy. I love it. Like we're accountability buddies. Honestly, she's like my um, counselor. She listens to all my things. Like women need to complain to each other. Women need to celebrate with each other. Women need to, you know, just connect and have friendship. And so it's super important. And then on a Saturday now I have another, um, we don't train together when we're there, but we go at the same time and we leave at the same time. So my friend Jen, and that's super fun. And I, and my friend Abby's there. And, um, this is like a little community that I've, it's just sort of started happening out of common interest of wanting to be our best at this phase of life. And so we share, going to the gym together and it's wonderful and it's social. And, you know, I still have, I still love to go up once in a while on my own and do like a real hard session by myself. That's okay. Like we need time by ourselves too, but we really need time with each other as well. So finding a bit of that balance, but like I said, don't do it all alone. There is a real joy in, in working out together with other women and you learn from each other. It's awesome. I've met such cool people since I've joined the gym. And at first it was like kind of a lonely place. Like I remember going, actually, now that I'm talking to you, I remember going up by myself and thinking, cause I moved up here at the beginning of COVID and then the gyms closed. And then that was the one good thing about the gyms closed is I ran online kettlebell classes every Saturday. And that was so fun. Cause those women, oh my gosh, I wasn't doing the classes for money. I wasn't even charging that much. I was doing the classes for my mental health. I needed like friends and connection. And, you know, I remember people wouldn't even go for a walk because you weren't in each other's bubbles. Like it was insane to me, but couldn't find anyone crazy enough to walk with me. So anyways, I started them. And again, it was, it was the connection that was the, the important piece. And so anyways, I wanted to share that with you. So don't do it alone. Look for someone. So now uh, that's where I was going. Just want to say, I'm really grateful now. I'm really grateful that like I'm realizing, oh, what I, wanted. I've manifested like, here I am. I've got these friends that I'm going to the gym with now. So I'm excited. I don't think I actually ever gave gratitude for that or the realization that, um, they often say like your dreams, what's that saying that you're living the dream that you once had or whatever it is. But anyways, I feel that. So I'm really grateful to those ladies. And if they're listening, you know who you are. Okay, friends. So that's all that I've got for you this week. I hope that you have enjoyed 
this episode. I always love coming on and chatting with you. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do me a huge favor. I really need these reviews on iTunes. I know it can be a pain to figure it out, but if you could do me that favor, that would be amazing. On Spotify, if you could give me a five-star review, you just go, there's like the three little dots, I think at the top um, near the the podcast name. If you go there and click on them, you can even ask questions now or leave comments on Spotify, which is cool. Uh, but iTunes is really an important one for me. So if you could please figure out how to leave a comment, it would really like mean so much to me because this is a big year for me with podcasting. I'm going for podcasting every week, except for the month of August, because we know I take month of August off of everything. But other than that, I want to bring you episodes every week and incredible interviews as well. And so those interviews, those um, comments on the iTunes make a huge difference. So I would love it if you could do that. Other than that, follow me on Instagram, share the podcast on social media as well, and tag me. And if you leave a comment, I'll shout you out and, um, and share the comment on here as well. So thank you. Have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.